0: From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun.
1: If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul.
0: I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So we're back talking about more cars for more people. You guys are awesome about writing in on this. I can't believe how many people write in every week with, hey, guys, here's what we're thinking. And we've got such a range. In fact, tonight we're kind of representing that range. We've got two very different car debates this evening. We've got Ben in Chicago. He's writing to us with what seems like a pretty good amount of money and an obsession with focused sports cars. So that will be very fun. And we have Brian in Canada writing to us and saying, guys, I have my fun car. I need my commuter car. So that's the other end of the spectrum. We've got Brian coming up as well. Thought we'd put these two together, because they couldn't be more different. But both guys are full-on enthusiasts. So that'll be a pretty cool comparison.
1: Yeah, I love this. It seems like, Ben, you're kind of throwing us a softball here, waiting waiting for us to knock it out of the park. I'm curious to have this conversation. But this is pretty cool.
0: Ben represents an interesting group of people, though. I mean, we're having, trying to have more and more people. We got in this dis- debate, you and I, on the uh, the Smoking Tire podcast, that sometimes when people are asking you, hey, what car do you think I should get, what they're really asking you to do is validate their idea. And some people don't listen. Now, what's been great about you guys listening to this show is a lot of you have gone out and driven things you never thought about prior. And that's what we want. We want you guys to drive lots of cool stuff. But Ben's on the other end of the spectrum, and I mean that in a great way, actually, where he's gone, guys, here's a list of things that intrigue me What do you think of these? So he's kind of pared down the list for us and just gone, what do you think of my selections and give me some wild cards, which is a great place to be as well. He's not just coming in with, and this is what can be frustrating, hey, guys, I want to buy this car. Should I buy this car? Well, the problem is that if you come at us with one car, we have nowhere to run. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. you kind of want us to validate the fact that you've already decided. If you decided, great, get a car you love. But Ben's coming at us with some really cool cars and going, "Hey guys, what do you think of these?" It'll be fun.
1: That's very, yeah, I agree. Unlike where I'm at, I just want to give a a really brief shout out to all of you listening who wrote mm-hmm. in about the yeah. debate for yeah. Paul that Todd kicked off with all of his suggestions. I am floored, and just wanted to say thank you to everybody for responding, for being engaged, for adding to the list, for giving me great ideas. I am yeah. absolutely overwhelmed, and this is cool. So I don't have a list of—I I mean, I've got a great <laughs> list, but it, in no shape or form am I ready to decide, or I, I don't know yeah, where you're I'm not decided at. Yet. I'm still yeah, digesting yeah, yeah. all this. Unbelievable amount of information, and everybody's gotten real creative with ideas. It seems like there's some Seriously, u- you're right unanimity, unanimity, unanimous decisions around your BMW 1M suggestion, which is great.
0: <laughs> A lot of people do like but, that. Uh, one. Yeah, that's true.
1: But anyway, on uh, the next podcast, we're going to discuss that even more. So it sounds like yeah, I've got some decision sure. making to do here. I've got some
0: yes, you do really well, deep thinking my, to my- do here. Agreed. My thought was, actually, you know, who knows? We've been doing this podcast all wrong, Paul. What it's supposed to be (laughs) is you and I just buying cars and asking the audience what cars we should buy, because apparently people love that. So uh, yeah, we have gotten some unbelievable emails with some great links. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess we should buy a new car every month. Where does that money come from? But, I hey, wish. apparently people would like to give us ideas, but here we are giving you guys ideas. Uh, also, I want to apologize. If I sound a little bit extra Barry White tonight, I am uh, battling a cold. So uh, pardon, my, pardon my extra little craziness with my voice, but uh, we are going to charge forward anyway. Uh, it's all good. And, yeah, it I'm happens. excited. I'm excited next week to talk about uh, your follow-up. With uh, with those cars because you're right we're being bombarded with great. I think
1: ideas. it may, may take a little bit more time than I'm thinking because there were some great ideas that came in. I mean, you kicked it off with a litany of cars, and then some extra kind of people enough, chimed yeah. in, and I'm going, "Wow, all right." I'm Porsche guy, but yeah, there's so many good options, and it's. I I have to admit it's a little taste of our own medicine here because we're dishing oh, it yeah. out for oh, yeah, yeah. what we mm-hmm. think you should buy in our car debate, and here I am going. Wow. All right. People are making some strong cases. So I I, I yeah, cannot yeah. ignore that. I have to take our own medicine here. So it's interesting. Well, what's interesting. great is, I mean,
0: as, you, as you've always said, you've always talked about wanting people to get into cars that they haven't driven yet, own new things, have new experiences. Yeah. You're right. That idea is coming home to roost in a big, big way here.
1: It's funny. And, you know, the whole point was really to take this car possibly and do some track days with it. And unfortunately, yeah, we've received hopefully. some news about our local track here in Utah. And it's a uh, Probably one of the nicest facilities in the United States, if not the world. Without question. That has, uh, if you're not aware, Miller Motorsports Park is probably what, uh, 500 acres and uh, just a huge, fantastic facility.
0: It's, yeah, it's it's (laughs) one of the longest tracks in the U.S. I mean, we're talking up there with Road Atlanta as far as just sheer Mm -hmm. length. They actually can break it into two. Uh, like two-mile sections. It's got a front straight, if you combine it, a front straight you can hit 200 miles an hour on. This is a facility built at about $100 million, which for what they got is actually almost a bargain. I know that sounds insane. Mm-hmm. Built and opened in 2006. Unbelievable facility. I mean, every time Paul and I go out there, we just look around and go, what is up with this place? Because yeah. it's operating at a level that is so high and so nice, and yet it is mostly empty, and that is the problem. Unfortunately, they have just announced, after 10 years almost of being open, they're not going to renew their lease on the land. the the, the family that built it built it was Larry H. Miller. He was a huge car guy, and he built it just out of his own passion. He and his son, unfortunately, he and his son both are no longer with us. The two champions in the family of the of the uh, mm-hmm. of the facility, right. and unfortunately, they have decided as a family because it's expensive to run, they are not going to upkeep it any further after essentially Halloween of this year. Which, honestly, if you've never seen this track and never been to this track, that is a tragedy as far as racetracks are concerned.
1: Yeah, you know, rumors are flying at this point and of course, we're hoping somebody steps in and buys the facility rather than it going to back to uh, oh, yeah. to the county because the county of course can do whatever they want with it at that point and turn it into a you know, again, whatever they want. So we're hoping uh, if there's anybody listening that has a spare 125 million dollars in their back pocket that sure, might want to yeah, buy a track. Yeah. It's a great facility. The clubhouse is delightful and uh, you know it's local to us but the thing is we were hoping to get a lot of track time and we started to get to know a lot of people out there they really uh-huh, work uh-huh. hard they they are passionate about what they do and very open to getting people on the track whether you're a novice whether you're an expert there's so uh-huh. many events that they've held out there including an off-road course including karting but uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know we're thinking we've got lots of grand plans for this and here this bad news comes our way and we're going. All right. Well, we still want to get on on track this summer and get get racing, but the future of it is uncertain. Now, my thinking yeah, here is, there there could be some saving grace. We don't know what's going to happen, so it's true. I can't true, look true. at it as just completely bad news because somebody may step in and and uh, you know take over ownership, well, or we you're right. We may still be able to get track time, or you know, people may still well, be able foremost, to get out there on track.
0: First and foremost, I mean, look, they're going to be running through the rest of the summer, which is when you and I had a couple of track shooting events planned. Mm -hmm. So hopefully and luckily, we will still get a couple of track-based pieces for the channel. Now, obviously, that's not our bread and butter. It's not the number one thing we do. We want to do canyon runs for you guys. We think that's a lot more real world. Obviously, commuting would be totally real world, but no one wants to watch that, including us. But, But here's the thing track stuff is still worthwhile. We wanted to kind of introduce that concept a little bit on some of our videos now that we're going weekly. We'll still get the chance to do that, but in the future beyond the stuff we already have on the calendar, it just becomes kind of a real mystery. We had some really cool stuff planned for a year from now that we can't even talk about, and now we're not sure how we're going to talk about it, but I agree with you. Such a facility, somebody should step in in some way. I, I We should talk to the people. I'm just riffing right now. We should talk to the people we know out there and throw some ideas out, because I've got two or three that I wonder What has already been discussed? That's the thing. The Mm -hmm. the behind-the-scenes part of this is the unknown. The known quantity is in 10 years, this track, huge facility, lots of staff, unbelievable stuff going on out there, has never made money. It's been a money pit. Now, it has steadily gotten better and better and better. But from a financial perspective, I see why this happened. From a driver perspective, it's it's really too bad. But it makes me just want to encourage people, if you have a track near you that has anywhere for you to get on that track, or dig in and find ways, it is worth it, I guarantee you.
1: If this is something you love to do, like Todd and I, Absolutely, and there's lots of car clubs that will include you, whether or not you're a you know you own a particular maker model of that car club. Say Agreed. the BMW car Agreed. club, they invite Mustang yeah. owners, and you probably can get in on their track days. And so it oh, is yeah. a great oh, way yeah, yeah. to get on track because if you do it en masse as a club, your buying power goes a lot further. So maybe you know Absolutely. for a day it might be 150 bucks, and then everybody pitches in, then that pays for marshals and corner workers and you know, all the stuff to run the track. And it's a great way to get on it. So, you know, we are of the mindset to support your car clubs, get involved if this is Uh something you're inclined to do, because it really is worth it. And, uh, you know, we say it's better than golf. You know, I grew up golfing. My dad was a golfer (laughs) and I I really tried. I gave it my best shot. And I, you know, a few years ago, I just gave my clubs up just because I wasn't that into it. And you and I are getting more and more yeah. into a different kind yeah, of yeah. driving, <laughs> which I like.
0: There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, I should uh, tell my driving shoes story. But anyway, I'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> but yeah. But here's here's the thing. I mean, I actually want to speak to the car clubs thing for a second. I mean, you can look on the calendar of whatever your local track is. And one of the things, I'm sorry to hit on the Miller thing, one of the things about Miller is in the press are talking about it being 40 minutes from Salt Lake. Let me clarify. It's 40 minutes from everywhere in Salt Lake, from Salt Lake proper, like downtown part of the city, 15, 20 minutes. So that means if you're north or south of, of that. And we in Park City can drive there in 45 minutes, straight shot, we're at a racetrack. I've never lived anywhere with a track with that kind of access, which is unbelievable. If you have a track anywhere near you, though, you can look at the local calendar, and you can find places where there are local car clubs. Porsche clubs do it a lot. BMW clubs do it a lot. Yeah. That are doing uh, designated track days. And the thing is, now, not across the board, but a lot of times what that means is that's people with a lot of those cars are going out there. But that doesn't mean if you call up with your Honda S2000, they aren't going to say, hey, you pay us the day day rate, come on out. So yeah, it may be you and a bunch of BMWs, and you may have your Honda S2000, but why not? You can get on the track for cheaper than you ever could any other way, and you're going to meet other car enthusiasts. So sure, you may not drive the model everybody brought, but it's all car people, folks. So you can get on the track for far cheaper, and then you might be able to... and, And look. We're throwing out real money figures here. 100 bucks for the day is still pricey, but how many hobbies do we have? I think about, we live in Utah, I think about skiing. Skiing is a resoundingly expensive hobby. <laughs> True. Rock, rock climbing, another one I love. It's cheap once you have the gear, but the gear is exorbitant. Yeah. So yeah. we all have hobbies that we spend a lot of money on. If you're a car person, grab a track day every now and then. Grab two or three in the summertime. Why not? And, and, and go with clubs, like Paul's saying. You can get in there far cheaper than you think if you go in with a club.
1: You know, we call out Miller because it is near and dear to us, but uh, it is a significant facility. It's not just, you know, some asphalt with some sheds and that kind of thing that could change hands and, you know, a car club could afford to buy it or something like that. It is a significant, beautiful property. And we could speculate all day from, you know, we've heard the the county could take that over and turn it into a, a very nice police training facility or you know, maybe some OEM could buy it or something like that. But this yeah. is massive, major dollars to to buy something like this. I mean, it's it's up there with a, a track like Road Atlanta or something like that. Uh-huh. This is a major facility. And so follow the story. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen either, but uh, we are certainly hoping for the best. We hope it changes hands to somebody new that can, uh, can run the track and bring this car community. Because This car community that we found just on Facebook here is rallying around the track. I mean, there's such an infrastructure from people shooting the events to, you know, various car clubs, the racing schools, all these people Mm -hmm. that really have, to your point, started to get involved. It's really spread, and this is creating a pretty big ripple effect here
0: because, It'll be interesting. It really will be. I mean, this story, when we're recording this, this story is so new that the fact that it's happening is pretty much the only thing out there right. and the date that by which they're ending their season. Now, I mean, there's tons of people that have facilities at the track. I mean, this, you're, you're right. This this has wide-reaching tentacles, and it'll be interesting to see what the car culture locally and at large might do, if anything. Yeah. But, you know, it reminds yeah, me of right. all of those. You know, you've got uh, Monticello in New York. You've got Thermal in uh, Palm Desert. You've got all those very right. high end. Instead of being a member of a golf club, you're a member of a driving club. There's those kind of things that exist around because running a track with decent facilities is wickedly expensive. And at some point, I mean, this has been carried by one family. Yeah, that likes motorsports. Right. So, right. so who knows what this does? Does this split up and be carried by an enthusiast community, which would take a lot of us, but it's maybe possible. I, there's there's a million variables. That's the thing. We just don't know. We wanted to bring it up because it's sad, and yet it's it's one of those kind of rally cries for folks. If you have a way to get track time, go get track time. We're as guilty as anyone of not making uh, as much use of this as we want, but we're still going to do some stuff out there because it's a great place.
1: You know Donald Trump family is into real estate. Maybe they'd like to add this to their portfolio of wine and and uh, giant buildings in New York and you know have well, some Well, you know sort Matt Farah cool, has a Donald
0: Donald Trump ha- hair helmet. <laughs> so, you know, we we yeah. <laughs> that is true. Anyway.
1: All right, uh Ben, we are debating your car because uh Ben here wrote in with some with a great list. And I I feel like he's tossing us a softball and I'll tell you why yeah. here. But first, yeah. you've got to know the background here about him. He's in Chicago about to pay off his student loans and thinking about a gift to himself. He's an enthusiast. <laughs> he wants a fun car. But yeah. he's already owned some fun cars and he's Absolutely. owned the car you want the most right here. You better believe it. Yep. <laughs> the 06 Lotus Elise. Well, he sold that uh-huh. when he was in school and he, you know, he writes in he's got this, you know, perfect uh image of what driving should be, it's really in line, Todd, with what you think about, you know, simple and pure and the purity of driving. And then he owned an 05 S2000, which was great, loved that car too. But now he's become obsessed with the Alpha 4C. He
0: he was. you, You missed a step because, here's what I find interesting, you had the Lotus Elise Dang it, Ben. You had the Lotus Elise. And the 06, (laughs) by the way, has some refinements from the 05. The 06 is the place to get in if you can. The ones that most people can afford are the 05s. But anyway, so you had the 06. Bravo. uh, Kudos to you, and I'm insanely jealous. When you got rid of that car, it was for something a little bit more normal. And kind of with our reviews helping you, you stepped into the S2000. That's what I find interesting. We had talked about the similarities of the S2000 and and the Elise a few times. And that helped you get into the S2000, which initially you went, well, this is not as good as an Elise. And you're right. But over time, you went, no, this is a great car. And then moved from L.A. to Chicago, now don't need a car, doing the Chicago thing. That catches us up to, yes, you were saying about his obsession with the Alpha 4C.
1: I love that car, too. I, I am intrigued here because he sent it a list. Um, but I'm looking here because Ben has decided that he has to have a manual. He's got to have a manual transmission. And
0: so there goes the 4C.
1: And it sounds like that's preventing him from chasing the 4C and going through with it. Agreed. Now, Ben, your budget here, let's see, I'm looking at 60. Is that what I'm reading here? About 60. Right around
0: 60, yeah. Seems like it's
1: about 60. There's some options in here.
0: Uh (laughs) And I have to laugh, Ben,
1: because Ben's writing here in his email that he says um, he's never been moved by anything Porsche has done because they put. Film characters that are pretentious pricks in, in Porsches. Yep, yep. I cannot disagree, but um, that's not the reason to not own a Porsche. Honestly, they are so good.
0: He's just acknowledging the fact that he's never had a, he's never had a, a lust for a Porsche. He's, he's kind of winking at you, I feel like. I feel like this oh, is I kind know. of a, hey, hey, Paul, come get me, making the comment about movie characters, which is true. But he just personally has never been moved by it. And let's be honest, neither have I really. I mean, yeah, in spite of the fact that, that my wife and I now have a, have a Cayenne, it's never a car that I've been like, I must have one. However, the one that started to bring me around on that is the Cayman And he has brought up the most recent Cayman, the one we have in mid-inches of mountains that we drove in there. Yep. That that's the one that made him go, "Now, now, wait, what is this? So that's interesting. But he's got a list here of, guys, here's my short list of eight, nine cars. What do you think? Do you think I should go with any of these or is there anything else? And this is quite an interesting list of his short list.
1: So this list includes the Cayman, the 981. Now, I had a 987 Cayman, which is the yep. prior generation. So the 981 Cayman is the new body style. That is the one, by, as you by said, the we way, drove in Mid-Engine's Mountains.
0: Sorry, I have to go on the rant. What is up with the Porsche department? Did somebody have a stroke over there in the naming convention? Why is it that all of the new models have 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 smaller numbers than the than the models prior? What is going on with the 991 911, which is like 10 numbers back from where it should be? And the 981, <laughs> the 981 Cayman is the current Cayman and the one you had was the 987. I am not good at math and I know that's wrong. <laughs> Being a Porsche
1: guy, I feel like I have to defend and there's nothing to defend. I'm there, with there's you. There's no defense. There's there is no defense. None. I agree. Somebody
0: somebody at a county had a stroke and restarted the number system. I don't know what happened, but it's anyway, it's I mean, all hey, you can map. still figure out it doesn't matter. You can figure yeah. it out by, by model years. Yes, the current new one is the one we drove in mid edges of mountains. It happens to be a prior model designation, whatever Porsche. But yeah, keep going.
1: He's got the Avora on the list here, and I just read yep. uh somebody tweeted at us or something that there's there's uh, dealerships around the country that have Evoras sitting on the lots just unsold. Yep. People just aren't interested yep. in these cars.
0: Now you've you can driven get the deals Evora. on those cars. I have A not. Couple times, yeah. Uh huh.
1: I've not driven this car, and and you seem to really like this car. You every time the Evora comes up, you've just got nothing but good things to say about this car, especially the S with the more power. And
0: well, here I, here is here is the thing. Can't be here is the thing ab- about it. Here is the thing about it that that needs to be acknowledged for you, Ben. The Evora is. Look, it's not as how do I put this? It's not as buttoned down perfect as the uh, as the Cayman, but it has more of the personality of the Elise. It's almost exactly between those two cars, as far as the personality. You get more usability than you had in the Elise. You get more refinement than you had in the Elise, but it's not as far that way in the Cayman. Now, the Cayman is great to drive, but there's something about that Lotus steering, and I can't explain it to you. I really can't. I just know it every time I drive one. If you drive a standard Evora, it's good but you're instantly aware of the fact it needs more power. You need to get the S if you can. Now, I don't know, 60 grand, I don't know if you'll find one, but if you can get an S with the stick shift, Great. One of the problems that Lotus has that somehow Porsche has solved is Lotus has the traditional mid-engine transmission problem. What I mean by that is it just doesn't feel as tight as it should. The throws are a bit longer and a bit more just kind of wandering than you would hope for in a sports car. That's true in the Elise, and it's true in the Evora. It is not true in the Cayman. What Porsche did, we don't know, but you cannot go wrong with an Evora. Now, there's been some discussion about the fact there may be some uh, surprises in the maintenance of that. Specifically, the clutch could be wildly expensive. But otherwise, it's not that expensive a car to own. I think it is a really worthwhile consideration here.
1: Hmm. Yeah. See, I, I've i got to drive in more. I've got to get in one of those cars to uh, to yes. experience this.
0: I, I agree. I'm I very couldn't curious. agree with you more.
1: All right. What else is on here? BRZ. OK, yes, BRZ. Volkswagen Golf R. There's two that kind hang on, of hang threw on. me for I- a loop here.
0: I want to Um, to stop on both those two for a second, though. Hang on. I want to stop on both those two, because the BRZ, look, Ben, you enjoyed the low center of gravity, great steering feel of the Elise, the small feel of that car. And in those ways, the BRZ, yes, is going to be interesting. You also liked your S2000. That makes the BRZ interesting as well. However... Once you put the BRZ in a discussion list with the Cayman and the Evora and these kind of things, I'm sorry, it just loses. It's just awesome. Unless you're wanting to buy a car to save money or you're wanting to buy the BRZ and do a bunch of stuff to it and spend your money that way, the BRZ, for me, gets kicked to the curb quickly. And and I have to acknowledge, I love that car. But once you start talking about these other ones, the BRZ is just not good enough. But it is dynamically awesome, but it doesn't compete in these other guys. And then the Golf R... Great all-rounder. If you've seen our recent review, fantastic all-rounder car. We both wanted it to be hotter than it is, because if it's going to be the hottest Golf, then bring the hotness. But it is an unbelievable all-rounder. However, compared to the cars you're coming out of, that's also not sharp enough.
1: Yes, and also, you're going to have to wait a little bit for the manual Golf R to reach the United States. Mm. We drove the DSG. Very true, very true. uh, well and he you know, only
0: wants a manual it, so you'd have to be waiting either way so it'd be end of this year at the you'd earliest you'd have to wait yeah and yeah. and even then un- that,
1: that might transform the character of that car we we that I think car was not available as a press car when we drove it so therefore yeah. I'll, help. I'll hold some some thoughts back it might be great you know cuz part of the problem we had was uh, just instantaneous throttle response that might change things with the manual transmission in that car. I think it will. I think and it I will. agree. It's a great car. It's a lovely car. You know, great place to be, nice interior. It might be kind of that nice uh, balance between comfort and still fairly hot. Um,
0: but I would say this to you, Ben. If you're if you're looking for something more realistic, hey, I want to commute more, hey, I want it to be more normal, then yeah, I can see you going Golf R. But if you're coming to me and saying, "I had an Elise, I had an S2000, what's my next car?" I would never put you in a Golf, a Golf. I just wouldn't. Yeah. No. I'd be like, "All right, you're you're staying focused. Let's stay focused." So it depends on if you're drifting, but maybe you are drifting because of some of the things on this list.
1: Yeah, which is <laughs> these next two, like I said it. Throw me for a loop here because yeah. neither of them come with a manual transmission and neither of them can really be considered in the same class of what we're already discussing. It's the Volvo agreed, S60 Cross Country. Which is that just seems kind of, you've got some other needs. That's what that says to yeah. me. That's why you
0: suggest. I couldn't it. agree with you more. That is not in the category we've been discussing at all. Yeah, and then the golf, uh, the golf R is a hot rod compared to that. But anyway, yeah, go on. S
1: like, sixty. Like, wait. Um, okay. So, and then the next one is the BMW i three, also not really a canyon carving kind of car. And not manual transmission, and not even close to the recipe of a Cayman, Evora, yeah. Golf, I mean, fa- anything look, like that.
0: Fascinating cars, unique cars, fascinating cars. You won't see yourself coming and going. They're great commuter cars. They're interesting. But, folks, we're not in sports car land at all now. So <laughs> that, that totally definitely suggests category. a shift.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then uh, there's usual suspect on here, WRX. Also on the list, yes, driven that car now nearly as much as we've driven the Mitsubishi <coughs> Evo. We could make another video of just <laughs> WRX beauty shots. That's it. We like that car. It is great. It meets a lot of people's needs. And being in Chicago, maybe that is something that you're kind of considering because of the all-wheel drive. None of the rest maybe. of these are.
0: Maybe. Oh, yeah, except for the Golf R. R. Yeah. Oh, the, the Golf R, R too. Yeah. yeah. But but here's the thing that that I, my note on that when I when I saw this on his list was the the Subaru WRX if if Ben is staying toward a focus sports car the Subaru WRX now combines the problems of the BRZ with the Golf R it's it's not hot enough like the um, uh, like the Golf R problem compared to some of these focused sports cars and it's not nice enough in the mm-hmm. interior and that kind of thing and and refined and feeling like a classy car like the problem that the BRZ has so I feel like the WRX combines those issues. Nothing wrong with it being a great car. It is a great car. I don't know that it's the right car for Ben. I have a wild card. My recommendations for Ben, though, are Evora or Cayman. And if if Mm -hmm. for the first time in his life he's considering Porsche, I say get one, not just to say Porsche, not for that reason, but because of what you've said, Paul, and that is drive something new to you. Because Ben's last comment is, or I could get another Elise or an S2000. Right, you could, right, Ben. You know you'd love it. But we highly recommend getting into a car that is new to you. Have a different and new ownership experience. So that makes me go, okay, you've had a Lotus. Why not try a Porsche? Though I can't say any reason for you to not get the Evora. But if the Cayman, the current Cayman is the first Porsche you've gone, maybe I should own that car, then why not to give yourself that life experience? However, I have a wild card. But where are you, man?
1: Ben, something stuck out to me in your email here, and it was your statement about I'm thinking about buying a sports car as sort of a congratulations gift to myself. So sure. after reading that, my question to you is does a WRX, an I3, a Volvo S sixty, a Golf R or a BRZ feel like a congratulations? Fair. Or does it, does feel, it feel like, like another, yeah. just another I got a car? Because I came in or an Avora feel like I I I'm throwing it out there. That's a big congratulatory. That is a gift to yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of those point. other cars I see feel point. like a reward. I mean, they are. Don't get me wrong. They are. And, and I'm not trying to discount them in that sense. But if you're going yeah, big, I, I, I like get sixty grand, that doesn't feel like, wow, I really splurged. That's a reward. And it doesn't feel like the thing you're looking for it to do.
0: So yeah. I yeah. really
1: come back to that Evora Cayman. And as a matter of fact, we did drive that Cayman. We drove it hard. And that was not the uh-huh. S. And True. You've got to watch that piece. If you, And for everybody else listening, we had the 4C, we had the Lotus Elise, and we had that 981 Cayman in Mid-Engines uh-huh. and uh-huh. Mountains. And so I highly recommend yep. go watch it. We we did it from more of a road trip perspective, but we did focus part of that film on driving the cars for what yeah. Ben wants them yeah. for. When we were on the road trip, we took side trips. We just, you know, hey, we're just going to go take this road. And that's exactly what we uh-huh. did. And we found, I mean – I. Well, I don't want to give it away. You'll have to watch it. But that Cayman is such an unbelievable great balance between great road trip car and s- just comes alive as a sports car when you push it hard. That's what my Cayman found. It's a Cayman surprising do-it-all. It's, When you and I flew like... to Tulsa, we drove it back across the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're looking at each other, remarking, this is surprisingly great. The Frunk held all of our luggage. It's a fun car to drive. Yeah. All of this, who knew? I, mean, you, Caymans... I would highly
0: recommend if you go <laughs> no, no, down no, no, that no. road. The Evora or the Cayman, either one of them, I highly recommend the S. I also highly recommend the Stick Shift because both of them are available in an auto. So I yes. recommend the Stick Shift. I know that's yes. what you want to go with, but definitely get the Stick Shift. If if you have the ability to do the Cayman GTS, do that. Oh. I don't know that your price point is going to allow that, but Fantastic. that's the slightly more buttoned-down, refined. Not Sorry, that's, that's the wrong way to think about it. It's the slightly more focused. Uh, aggressive uh, Cayman S. So I would go that route if you can. But it's not as crazy, of course, as the GT4, which we're all drooling on. But here's my wild card at sixty grand, okay. A brand here's. he hasn't even mentioned. Well, he's mentioned it in passing. But a brand he hasn't owned. It's a brand new kind of car. It's stick shift. It's fun. But yet, it brings some of the, hey, I got a nicer car parts to the party as well. And I hate to come back to it from last week. But hey, Ben, BMW 1M.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could easily get one I mean, for sixty easily. He, he could get
0: one for sixty, and here's the thing: it has that nice interior that I got it, a, a good quality, interesting kind of luxurious car thing that the Caymans and the Evoras are bringing. You've got a BMW on the list. You've got the i3 down in this one M. You know what? It's going to have the, the the riot fun factor of these focus sports cars, and yet if all you're doing in commuting is commuting in it, you're not going to hate yourself. I think that's one to consider as well.
1: I'm waffling between this Evora and Cayman. Now, I, again, I have not driven the Evora, but, you know, based on your comments, I, I'm i not discounting it. I, I'm i not saying Porsche only, and here's, you know, it's me talking. So, I, I'm, Ben, <laughs> I'm leaving that up to you, because that Evora is an interesting choice. It feels special. It looks different. You don't see yourself mm-hmm. coming and going. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Cayman yeah, yeah. is great, yes, for all of that. But, man, you know, that Lotus, because... You used to have an Elise, and so maybe that ties back into your your Lotus love there. And so, those are two strong considerations. I love the one M two. I'm, yeah, I'm just coming back to Cayman or Avora. I love both of those. Yeah. And well, so the now, Evora
0: certainly is going to get closest on steering feel to your Elise, and that thing that yeah, you enjoyed. True. The Evora is going to do it in a way the Cayman can't. That's that's true. But we probably should move on away. I, I want to talk about fun cars forever, but we should move on to, to Brian probably.
1: Yeah, Brian writes in from Canada. He's up in Ontario. And this is an entirely different. We've got to switch gears, get out of Lotus land. And we're dealing with an entirely different budget. But this is what we love. Because we're trying to you know, scrape our minds here and come up with great ideas. (laughs) Because this is totally different. Brian is up in Canada. And he's got a wife and three-year-old, another kid on the way. So congratulations, Brian. That's fantastic. Congratulations on your growing family. And uh, thank you for listening. We love that you do and engage and uh, write in because this is this is interesting. Because Brian's already an enthusiast here, and did you notice he's got an yeah. 06 Subaru STI that is modified. This thing sounds mm-hmm. pretty serious to me based on his des- description, and it sounds yeah. like he's not willing to give it up. He he likes this car, but here's the rub. Here's why Brian writes in. He is currently. Running a company car. So his employer gives him a company car, but that is going away because his role is changing in the company. So he's decided, I don't want to drive this dropped and modified STI all the time. I need something to keep the STI, but something that is going to fit my family, that's still fun to drive, I can commute in. But the budget is the big focus here.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I
1: am uh, he's got a, very intrigued. He's got that,
0: with this. Well, that STI remains his. It, like I said before, he has his fun car. All right, guys, I've got that solved. I've got a fun car. I love it. I need a commute car that I'm not going to hate, which is difficult. And because let's be honest, <laughs> commuting is not fun, no matter what you're in. So a commute True. car, I'm not going to hate. But I want, I want stick shift, and I've got ten grand to spend.
1: Ten wow. grand.
0: Wow, is- Brian, you have just kind of ratcheted that down into a very focused reality, and uh, okay, all right, so so ideally you're hoping for something 10, uh, 2010 or newer, I'm going to fudge that a little bit, but you're already looking at the Mazda 3 hatch and the standard Ford Focus, so that's where we start, you want stick shift, okay, and off we go.
1: Although stick shift with the commute I'm not sure that that's ideal but I I get it it's hard to give up I, you know it, it'll be Well but he said he hasn't has a choice. commuted in a
0: stick he has commuted with a stick for a while Okay. And, all right. And he's he's got so he he mentions here in passing right now there near the bottom he could commute on back roads so it sounds like this is a commute car but it's not a sit in traffic car so at that point all right yes please go stick shift if you said I live in Los Angeles I would say as much as I love sticks please don't get one but it right. sounds like you don't commute in a traffic environment like a stop and go environment so yes please get a stick. Uh, Mazda 3 or Focus, or I've actually got a couple wild cards here, too. So
1: Do you? I've got a few that I started looking at. There's some big caveats about them, and right. those are decisions only Brian can make. But the ten grand part is hard. And so, yes, I saw the it Mazda is. 3 and the Focus hatch. Not bad choices. The Mazda 3, I've rented that just as the rental car thing. And unless unless it's the Mazda Speed that car makes me grind my teeth in anger. and I I don't agree with you. I, 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 I cannot recommend that car just as by itself. The prior I mean, generation I, I, Mazda 3 cannot recommend it.
0: Cannot. I, 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 know, I know you're not a fan. I, I, I wonder if it just comes down to rental car spec, because, of course, that wouldn't have been a stick shift. I mean, I, I actually think that the Mazda 3 is a great choice. I think up against the Focus, here's the thing. The Focus is probably going to win for steering feel, but the Mazda is oh yeah, probably agreed. going to win for all-around feel. So you're going to have to have a debate with yourself about which one you prefer. I think you should try to drive them both back-to-back in the same day if you can. Uh, I think they're both worthwhile thoughts. It's going to come down to what is your, pardon the pun, what is your focus? Are you wanting has to have handling feel, then I do think the Focus hatch is going to win. But I I think the Mazda, everyone I've known that's had a Mazda 3, even of that prior generation and non-hot one, has enjoyed it. I mean, we're not talking about the enthusiast hotness here. I know that's not a car you've enjoyed, but I, I think the rental car spec in automatic versus, okay, let me get one that's not the Speed 3, but it is a stick shift, you're already making a good transition there in the right direction. It is fundamentally a worthwhile chassis, otherwise the Speed 3 wouldn't be as good as it is. But it does depend on how you spec it out. What are you dealing with? So, you know, we can start arguing things like tires and madness. But I of think course, those are worthwhile choices. But where else did you go, man?
1: I think Brian can do better than the Mazda three hatch, honestly. And here's why: I've, I came up with three. And to start with, I thought, all right, ten grand. Uh, his year range is twenty ten to twenty twelve. I'm gonna fudge that a little. So I started okay. out at a twenty ten Mini Cooper S for ten grand. Not bad. Yeah. But the reliability yeah. scares me.
0: At, Could be, yeah. Could uh, be.
1: Eh, th- and that's again, that's a choice only Brian can make. But those are ten grand. You can still They're fit worth family of yeah. four. Yeah, absolutely. Think of yourselves as a European family and you're squished in and then you'll you know, it'll make sense, hopefully.
0: Well, you just you leave you leave the stroller with <laughs> missiles at home is what happens there. You buy a little umbrella <laughs> stroller and you go. But anyway, go on.
1: Exactly. Um uh, then I thought of the elephant in the room, the GTI, but you'd have to go back to the Mark 6 generation.
0: Yeah. Uh which we like, like but again 07-ish. you're asking seven with depending upon mileage you might be rolling the dice on reliability. I agree with you that you can so you can't the ignore the GTI in this discussion. The reliability and may be a dice roll. That it'd be a more a, satisfying car than the uh than the the Mazda 3 or the Focus. No question more satisfying oh yeah, yeah, car. Yeah. Is it going to be as reliable? I again, it's a dice roll.
1: I just don't want you to get something for 10 grand and then have to dump a bu- bunch of money from maintenance into it just to keep it. That's
0: that's the the risk for sure. You
1: know, and what 07 here GTI with 85,000 miles. Yeah, at that point it's going to start needing some stuff done to it. Um, yeah. and then I thought what I I had a thought about a brilliant idea and I Uh-oh. think Brian should get okay. a Honda Civic SI. Like going back a few years Yes, they're going to be a bit higher mileage, but here's the thing about them. They're nearly bulletproof. It's a Honda. We like the yeah. SI yeah. enough to recommend it for this price category, I think. You could yeah, get a four-door. You. you could get a two-door. It's spacious enough for a family. That is a car you can wind out. You can wring that car's neck. Absolutely. And it's just going to be fine. It's going to be yeah. fine. You could get it manual or automatic, either one. Ten grand, ten. I'm looking at one for eleven grand here with uh, what 120,000 miles, but that doesn't scare mm. me off. It really doesn't because a lot of these yeah, are very well you. kept on here. You. Most people just kind of puttered around in them. Um, and I think th- that uh, prior generation, that 07 to 9 ish, somewhere in there, uh, that looked pretty good. I liked that. Interesting. Uh, okay. All right. How that looks. I-, I see so that. I see that's you're where right, I'm that. You're right. That made is Civic yeah, Si. Yeah, that's not it.
0: A... It's not a car that we necessarily gravitate towards as a focused enthusiast car, but for this discussion, I agree with you. Now it's on the more enthusiast end of this discussion, which is which is interesting. I stayed less enthusiast, but still engaging and kind of hatch-shaped. Okay. I like that, that uh, SI, That's interesting. Staying within his year range, you know what's possible? Is a Honda Fit. Now, mm-hmm. look, yeah. they're not overly sexy, but they do have, honestly, I feel like, I've said this before, I feel like every car interior design studio on the planet should wheel a Honda Fit in the middle of the studio and just go, what did they do? And just marvel at what they've done. It's shocking the (laughs) amount of space in that car. The stick shift in that car, if you get the Honda Fit Sport like an 09 and newer, you could get one for 10 grand. They're going to be around 100,000 miles, but as Paul already said, it's a Honda. If it was t- cared for well, it's fine. This is not a light-your-hair-on-fire car. It doesn't have that kind of power. Certainly but it not. has a worthwhile Honda 6-speed in it. It'll be a fun car to row the gears on, no question there. It's it's a little front-wheel drive car, so it's chuckable. It's not great handling, but it is chuckable. I mean, I've driven this in lots of variations. I think that's a real consideration. Certainly, if you're looking at the 3 or the, the Focus, I would say, please drive the Fit. That is a worthwhile one to think about. And then I have a wild card Ooh, all right. that I got inspired by because of the 06 STI that he's already in. Now, you got to go back further, but for this money, I can't ignore it. Hey, uh what about a uh, Brian, what about a Saab 92X?
1: Do you know anybody who's trying to sell one, Todd?
0: I'm, I'm, not, a, to... I'm not even saying that for that reason, honestly, because no, here's the thing. The the uh, 92X, the 92X is that same generation of the STI you already have, but obviously less hot. You could even get it, hey, five, six grand, you could get the non they have the linear, which is the non-turbo, the arrow, which is the turbo. If you get the linear, it's like buying an Impreza without the turbo. So you could get that in a stick shift. It's going to be, here's the thing, it's going to be probably nicer inside than that older Mazda 3 and the, and the Focus. It's going to have better sound deadening, but it is that same generation of car you already kind of like. Then if you go into the Aero and you get the turbo, now you've got a lesser version, a more usable version, lesser version of the car you already love, which is that STI, sitting in your garage for the mundane day-to-day. I think it's an option.
1: Didn't you tell me that 10 to 12 grand range? You found some nice ones. I mean, you've been just looking around for comparison purposes, and you said like, I think it was 10 to 12 grand. You said you you could actually get some really nicely kept the the nicer of that ones car.
0: being sold are being sold for 10 grand. In fact, a random side note: I happened to find this week the Holy Grail Saab 92X doesn't fit ma- match for Brian, but I got to mention it anyway. Somebody is selling their blacked out 92X with a full STI swap. Wow. I have a lot of want I have a lot of want for that car. There's something for twenty grand by they're selling it for twenty grand by the way. But it is a oh, okay. three hundred plus horsepower uh Sabaru STI is literally what they've done. I, I there's not another way to put it. 20 grand looks like it was done very cleanly. Found that this week and went, that's what you want. Not for Brian, but just in general. Sure, there it is. Sure. An STI 92X hatch would be the hotness. But sorry, 92X even the base one, you're right. The the standard arrows, the standard turbos like I have. 10 grand buys you pretty much any one online.
1: Right. So I thought if you'd you want to get that.
0: the non-turbo, 6 to 8, depending upon mileage. So I, I think that's a worthwhile... It, look, it's older. I will fully acknowledge that. But it's a car you kind of know already. And I think it's a worthwhile thought.
1: All right. So we kind of ran back to Honda. Can't ignore that. And Subaru. So good choices. I like this. I like this. I, I'm, uh, I hadn't thought of the fit. And uh, of course, yeah, your car is still a viable option. I mean... O five O six, but it's still viable, yeah. which is so cool. You know, well, but for
0: this for this stick shift, decent to drive, affordable hatch, you can't ignore the fit. I, I think it gets overlooked a lot, but I think you can't ignore it. That there, there, that's a surprisingly good car for what it is.
1: Cool. Well, awesome. I- Thanks for writing in, guys. We had a lot of fun yes, with definitely. that. And uh, thanks again for all your suggestions uh, for uh, for the Paul debate. That is, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> looking through all those cars, just still thinking, trying to rectify in my mind. Like, wow, I've got to be open because here we are discussing. We think you should get blank. And I'm going, I have to yeah. be open, too. i got to keep an open yeah, mind myself. Absolutely. So it's absolutely. it's hard to, to take my own medicine here. It's kind of funny. But uh, anyway, thank you for writing in. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And this is the week that our weekly content begins. So check us out Absolutely. starting yep. on Thursday. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday, hopefully, and this is the week that we are going weekly content hear, starting yeah. with the first fast blast.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have you're gonna have we two things of weekly content from us every week. Now you're going to have the uh, the, the podcast. Here it is right here, wherever you found it, iTunes, Stitcher, it, wherever you have found it, please rate it. That will continue every Tuesday, at least a half hour. We've run long tonight, but at least half hour on that. So definitely every Tuesday there. And then every Thursday, there will be some sort of video from us and it will not be us sitting in a news desk. It will be a car on camera shot like we do. So that is coming every Thursday. So that's every week. Now you'll have both of those milestones from us. So we're excited about it. If you want to interact with us about cars we should be driving, cars you want us to add, uh, please get on our our Facebook page for that. If you want to support us so we can go more places, more random places, you can do that through Patreon. Wherever you're looking for us, it is slash Everyday Driver.
1: Yep, and since we did talk about Mid-Engines and Mountains, guys, I've got the DVDs waiting to ship out to you. So find us on Amazon. You can even rent it on Vimeo, (laughs) Vimeo On Demand. But I've got those discs. It seems like, uh, yeah, we, we're getting that uh, ramp back up because people are looking for those cars. So yep, please order yep. your copy. A uh, lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with that. And uh, our content for uh, for the Mid-Engines and Mountains and a full 90-minute documentary on the 50 years and the 911. Check those out. Order those. I'll ship them out to you. And uh really appreciate you listening. And we will talk to you next week.